Welcome to Concerning Therapists, Mental Health Through the Looking Glass, a podcast largely concerned with psychotherapists from which a listener may discover much of their character, journey, and a little of their history. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the speaker and do not reflect those of any employer, affiliation, group, or other individual. Additionally, this podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. Welcome to Concerning Therapists. I'm Erica. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. And I'm CJ. I'm also a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. Who do we have with us today, Erica? Well, today we have Tara Rollins. She's a licensed professional counselor as well as a board-certified dance movement therapist. Welcome, Tara. Thanks, guys. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, we're really glad to have you here. We have so many questions for you. Well, I hope I can answer them. (laughs) Let's start off with just, can you explain to us what dance movement therapists are, what they do, kind of what is this extra thing that you have with your credentials? Yeah, I'm really glad that you said because I wanted to start out with, I always tell people, you know, it could be a new concept for a lot of people. So I always like to kind of read the, um, so there's an American Dance Therapy Association that kind of has bylaws and kind of manages all of us, but they kind of come up with this set definition of dance therapy that I like to say, just sort of to read it because otherwise sometimes my words get a little muddled. So dance moment therapy is defined by the American Dance Therapy Association as a psychotherapeutic use of movement as a way to help people expand their emotional, cognitive, and physical integration, creating a connection between each system so that actions of one system can facilitate the workings of another system. So that's kind of the simplified definition of what a dance movement therapist is. Um, And... I think what a, another helpful thing to know is that um, so anybody that's a dance movement therapist has to complete a master's program. So it's a graduate level master's program. Um, people can, an undergrad, study all different things. I happen to study dance and psychology because I already knew I was interested in that. But when I was in school at Drexel, we had people come to the program from, you know, from corporate world, from teaching, from Hadn't studied any psychology, um, but if you want to have the letters after your name and do that, you complete a master's program. There's several accredited programs in the U.S. and there's some internationally now. And there is when I when I went, there was five accredited programs, but they're starting to have a lot more um, alternate route programs. So whether it's part time, whether it's studying dance with therapy, as well as studying other things in different departments. Um, but they obviously all have to be approved by the American Dance Therapy Association. And then um, once you've completed one of these programs, then you're a registered dance movement therapist because we don't like to have our letters. So you're an R, an RDMT. And then um, that means that you can practice in certain educational or mental health facilities, agencies. And then some people, um, including me, want to go on and do more stuff more studying, more training to become a board certified dance movement therapist. So that means um, that you complete 
a little bit similar to actually getting LPC or LCSW, LMFT, is that you have to have, right now, you have to have 2,400 employment hours. You have to have supervision. You also have to large application that is presented to the committee and they approve you to be a board certified dance movement therapist, which means that you sort of have extensive, advanced training and experience. And if you want to do private practice as a dance movement therapist, then you need to have this board certification. So if you wanted to work independently or work as a private practice and market yourself as a dance movement therapist, you need to have that board certification. So, so is that coupled with the, so I know that you're a licensed professional counselor. Was that program something that paired those things together so you could get both of those certifications or did you have to kind of parse it, you know, into one thing? That's a really great question. Um, and it really depends on the program. And obviously, like think of me as being an old person that's been doing this a long time. It changes over time. But when I was the program that I was in, um, you studied specifically dance movement therapy classes, and you had your cohort that was dance movement therapist, art therapist, and music therapists. And you had your very specialized courses in dance therapy in different populations, working in different learning that. And then you also had your, uh, I would say, like, traditional foundational counseling stuff. So we had, you know, abnormal psychology. We had a course in family therapy. We had developmental psychology. We had theories of psychotherapy. So we took all of those courses, everyone together. So when you graduated, you should be, you were trained and educated in order to be able to sit for taking the national counseling exam and then getting your hours for LPC or LCPC, depending on what state you were in. Um, now, some programs do have a dual program where you graduate and you have a degree in creative arts therapy or dance movement therapy, as well as a degree in counseling or master's in counseling. So some programs do have it dual. Some programs you take all of the classes that you would need, and then you have to sit for the exam, get your hours. Um, and so lots of people do do that as well. It depends on the program. I think I feel like the SMART programs are noticing that um, that's really beneficial for people graduating because um, something I was like to mention is that um, dancing with therapists, some people have their RDMT or their BCDMT, they do their own work, but unfortunately, there's some actually groups that are really working hard to make this change, but insurance companies don't recognize dancing with therapy as a form of psychotherapy that we have done this extensive training. So Unfortunately, a lot of times you have to jump to that hoop. So a lot of us will get, uh, you know, have our LPC or LMFT as well as that dance therapy degree so that we can bill for insurance. Sure. So it makes sense that these programs would have it as a dual program. Um, but I think it's this, I think ethically or morally as dance with a therapist, we don't want to have to be like, oh, we need to have dance with therapy and counseling because to us that's making it sound like dance with therapy is not a form of counseling, I think. And so people are really pushing to be like, I should be able to bill as a board certified dance with therapist. I did all this training. I studied all of these things, um, but we're not there yet. So you kind of have to make that decision. And that's what I made was talking to my mentors about, okay, the reality is if I want to do private practice. If I want to be able to bill insurance companies, I do have to have that LPC. So what attracted you to dance therapy? love that question so um and I always think it's interesting talking to us that get into the field I always love hearing with people like talking to them about like 
where did when they discovered dance therapy yeah. um and i feel really lucky that i discovered it earlier than some people so i've been dancing since i was probably about seven my mom says i was dancing before i was born but i first took my first formal dance class when i was about seven and of course immediately fell in love with it and was like oh my gosh this is amazing i mean i was seven uh -huh. but still it was like right this is amazing i loved it um and then i danced in high school like you know, pretty extensively. And obviously I went to school and studied dance and psychology. Um, but you know, when I started to think about my future, right. And that heavy question, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do in the future? Right. I knew I wanted to help people, but I also wanted them to find a way to still dance and incorporate dance and have dance in my life because it had become so meaningful and so important to me. Um, and I actually really lucked out. Um, I think, I don't know, the stars aligned or something that I actually found out about dance and therapy when I was in high school, a teacher or counselor that I was working with. Um, I guess we must've been chit chatting about life in the future in college. And she said, well, have you heard of dance therapy? And I'm like, hmm, what? And she said, there's actually a dance, uh, dance therapy center. So the Hancock center for dance movement therapy, which is still in Madison mm -hmm. on Hancock street. Um, she said, there's this center for dance movement therapy. You should contact them and check them out i was like okay so i went there and i talked to a couple of therapists that were there i looked at the resources and i remember watching this movie and i wish i could remember i was trying to find the name of this movie but it was a movie about dance therapists working with children with autism and i still this day remember that moment while i was watching it and it was almost like i got tears in my eyes and i was like this is what i'm supposed to do with my life and it was like this epiphany as like a high schooler sitting there, I was like, boom, and I just sort of sat there with myself, and I was like, oh my gosh. So, of course, then that, like, started this mass grades excitement, and um, so I said, well, I got to learn more about this, right? And um, so I actually was really lucky, and I got to work with a dance therapist at the Hancock Center in between summers when I was in college, and I was sort of a therapist volunteer with her. She was working with siblings and we would talk before the session. I would sort of be an aide and helper in the session. And then we would talk after. And of course I was just in my element. I was like, this is just amazing. And so I was studying psychology and dance in college and then getting to kind of do it a little bit in between. And I was like, so I just, you know, I said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I studied, like I said, I studied psychology and dance at Knox college and then I had it planned out and I um, applied to several different, there's again, when there was there, there wasn't really a lot of those alternative routes. So I applied to several of the different programs in dance therapy and ended up deciding to go to Drexel and the rest kind of went on from there. Um, so I went to Drexel and studied dance therapy and as they say, the rest is history. So <laughs> yeah. I realized I was very, very lucky to be in Madison and to grow up in Madison, be able to have such a, you know, because most places don't have something like that, yeah. right? They might yeah. can look on something on the internet or something, you know, and find an article about it, but to be able to work with somebody and like, they have a whole library. It was like, it was real eye-opening. How are, how are dance therapists thinking about this, this thing that seems to be happening in a lot of counseling and therapy where it's, we're starting to add more of a somatic base to our even our talk therapy, we're bringing it in that experiential element. And dance therapists have been doing this for a good 50 years or so. Like, is this finally, or is this uh, like 
more people should be referring to us then because we know this. We're, like, what, what goes on in a dance therapist's mind when they hear that this is growing? You know, that's a really good question. I love that. No one's asked me that before. That's, that's awesome. I love it. I think it probably, like any field, it would depend on um, the individual that you talk to. Uh-huh. You know, one of the interesting things about dance movement therapy, like, and again, this is another podcast, but um, uh-huh. some dance therapists or some dance movement therapists like to call themselves dance therapists. Some people are movement psychotherapists, some are dance movement therapists, uh-huh. and a lot of it depends on their preference. And again, that could be a whole nother thing about what do they really emphasize and feel is most important. But I think it just illustrates the fact that dance therapy is so um, very flexible and diverse in working with people. And so I think it really depends on the individual and the way that they look at things, what they would think. So that's kind of, I guess, the preference. So I think a lot of it is finally, people are getting it. We're finally, you know, with Bessel van der Kolk and all these people that are doing this research and like having this hard, fast data that is saying the body. And we're like, yes, it's like we've been saying this forever, (laughs) not forever, but a lot of it is finally people are are hearing us. Um, and again, I think it would depend on the individual. You know, in my opinion, I feel like it's wonderful to see it being incorporated into many different kinds of therapy. I think, you know, as dance therapists, we can't see everybody. We can't work with everybody, even though dance with therapy is very flexible and accommodating for anybody. And I believe that obviously it maybe isn't a good fit for everyone just because of who they are, what they want to do. So I think that if everybody could incorporate it into their work, then it's getting to more people. Um, now, I think there are definitely parts of dance with therapy where we might be like, hey, that's our thing. Um, and I think the big thing is that, uh, and I think I can't speak for art therapists and music therapists, but I feel like being in school with people of that um, modality and talking with some of them, a lot of times what happens is people will call themselves, let's say an art therapist, but they're not an art therapist. They haven't gone to school to be an art therapist. Um, They're using art as therapy or art, incorporating art into therapy. So if we're dancing with therapists, if someone thinks, oh, well, the body is really good. So now I'm going to do movement therapy. Okay. Well, what's your background? What's your experience? What's your training in what you're doing? Right. And so there are things that are special for dance with therapists and we do, you know, movement analysis. We have very special assessments that we use to help determine diagnosis for someone, certain things that we would work on that are very special to us. Um, so I think it really would depend on what that person is saying that they're doing or what is their training. But I think we also acknowledge that, you know, there's, I work with two people that are somatic expressive art therapists, right? There's definitely some overlap there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I have, <laughs> we have like, the corner of you know body-based work but I think it um you have to be careful what are people doing right or what are they saying or labeling themselves are I mean as much as I don't like labels I think it is important right and I love when people are like using the body in therapy right like I'm not a yoga therapist I certainly use yoga in my therapy process and working with clients um but I'm not going to say I'm a yoga therapist um just like I use art in therapy I use music I'm not a music therapist. I'm not an art therapist. Um, so I think that that's important. But I think the big thing I think for us is the research. There is research out there in dance movement therapy. Again, there's a whole later plug, but there's American Journal of Dance Therapy um, that comes out, I think, quarterly maybe that are articles and um, research that dance therapists are doing more and more um, and trying to really show people the 
you know, concrete evidence of the work that we're doing. But I think one thing that's really exciting is looking at people that are doing research about how important the body is. And they're saying, hey, we're looking at these longitudinal studies, right? We're doing hard, fast numbers and they're showing that clients are getting better when the body is included. And can we work in a partnership to use that as this hard, fast research and to help us to know how can we do that too? Yeah. I mean, and I I think before we ask, because I know we're going to want to ask, you know, what are the ways that the non-dance movement therapist can incorporate different things? I'm kind of curious, what does the course of treatment look like or what does a session look like as a dance movement therapist? What is that kind of in a nutshell, if you don't mind kind of going into it? Yeah, absolutely. And as I give me my my phrase of the of the podcast, that's a whole podcast. No. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, <laughs> that's that's going to be my answer, guys, like for everything. right? <laughs> that's another. Po- well, Tara, you got to tell us something today. right? Well, it's true, too. But... <laughs> um, no, but there's a lot there. Right. There's a lot there. So, again, um, one of the things that I, you know, really love about dancing with therapy is the flexibility in it, in that um, there's not really, I feel like there's not a certain population that's good for dance therapy or not for dance therapy. I always tell people that you don't have to have any dance experience. You don't have to be a dancer. We are not OTs and PTs. They have their own specialty to help people. This isn't to teach somebody how to do a pirouette. Um, This isn't, yeah, rehabilitate injured dancers. So you don't have to have experience. We work with people who have all different physical and mental um, challenges that dance with therapy can be very, is very flexible. And I think that's one of the really beautiful parts about it. Um, And that's one of the parts that I like having that dance as part of the title that when I call myself dance movement therapist is that, that creative process of connecting with your body, experiencing, expressing through the process versus the product. Um, and so I'm saying that because every session looks really different. Um, it is not necessarily, I mean, a certain therapist may have a structure that they, he or she provides for their client, especially if there's a group, you know, dance therapists work with individuals, groups, couples, families, um, hospitals, all different settings. And so sometimes depending on the population and depending on the environment, the structure may be more structured lack of a better word mm-hmm. so you know classic session would be kind of a warm-up and a check-in um you know could be partly you know we do use verbalizations it's not completely non you know i tell people it's not a non-verbal form of therapy there's a definitely verbalization that goes in it um so usually there's some kind of check-in so whether it is a movement to show how you're feeling whether it's picking music to show or express how you feel or what feels good or sometimes it's just putting on some kind of music and doing kind of what we call authentic movement where you're moving just to what feels good in your body. And then as a therapist, noticing kind of what's coming up with the energy, with the quality of their movement and then their movement or the group's movement, right? Are there some themes or some things that are coming up? Are people really engaged? Where's the energy level? Are we seeing some common movements? Are people picking up on each other's movements and then using that to kind of shift into what we call like the theme development, um, which is sort of like the meat and potatoes of the session, right? What we're working on, what's coming up today, what do we really want to address? Or if there's specific activities that we might want to do, um, depending on the individual or goals or the group. Um, And then we always like to have some kind of closure, cool down, grounding, kind of getting everybody back together um, before you, or individual down, you know, calm before we go on to the next, they go on to the next thing in their day. 
Mm. Um, but again, you know, that it would be, you know, Marion Chase who's one of the founders of um, dance with therapy talks about kind of that structure. But even if you talk to people about it, it's very much a lot of times what's happening in the moment and meeting the clients where they're at and taking their lead in what happens. Now, of course, I work a lot with kids and, you know, movement therapy lends itself very well to kids, right? Yep. Movement is our first language. And so whether we're going back to process stuff that happened in the past or whether we're a kid and that's our way of communicating and interacting with the world of their bodies, usually we're not doing a, let's do a warm up, let's do a theme development, let's do, let's do a closure. There's a lot of times, okay, where are they at, right? How do we check in some way with a prop or with music or, you know, making eye contact, doing something. And then a lot of times I'll have movement activities that we'll do, right. That are working on a certain skill. And then of course, then we still like to have kind of a closure, especially if you're doing a lot of movement, you know, and depending on the environment, you don't know where they're going to go the rest of the day, right. Are they going home? Cause it's five o'clock. You know, there's a lot of dance therapists that work with kids in the school, right. So they are done for their half an hour therapy session and now they got to go to math class. Well, how do we help them kind of integrate, home, get themselves to shift to an environment where we're not going to be dancing around with scarves? Um, so that's like a really rough um, description. Sometimes it might be we do a breathing exercise, right? And then maybe we talk, but we help them take that five minutes to connect with their body and breathe. Or maybe it's, uh, you know, listening to music that feels good to them, getting time to kind of turn your your thinking inward and listening to your body, whether it's how do we shake off that stress or release that stress and anxiety and leave it here for the session, or whether it's, you know, working on how we're holding our body, right? Our body posture, our facial expression, working on, you know, confidence and self-advocacy and social skills, right? That the body and 80% of communication is nonverbal. So, um, kind of going off on a on a tangent there, but I also think is that again it goes back to like what you're saying, CJ, about body based work mm-hmm. and how incorporating the body into that healing process, what that looks like can be very different. Whether it's the person's physical abilities, whether it's their willingness to try something different, whether it's where they're at that day. Um, so I think it's good for us to remember as dance therapists, who of course all love to move. You know, it's like never have twist my arm to get up in music and dance, and I love it. But that's not where everybody's at. But that doesn't mean it's not dance movement therapy. And some of the most beautiful work can happen very small, um, very subtle. Um, you know, giving somebody space and honoring what they're doing. Thank you. I think that's a great way to kind of put it and encapsulate <laughs> that because I think that helps to give that imagery of even some of the differences between traditional therapy and using the dance movement therapy. And then also the, the freeingness of it, I think is a good kind of having a hard time pinning down specifically is I think a good indicator that that's not how that kind of therapy works. So thank you so much for putting that in such a beautiful way. Oh yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think it's, again, that's one of the things I really like about it is that because it is so creative and flexible and, you know, really allows, allows to help lots of people in lots of different ways. Um, it's not as set and structured. Um, but I think also people are used to that, right? I think that goes back to what you're saying is like people coming into it, either they've, their idea of what therapy is, is this very set thing, or they've done their set thing before, right? And so I think sometimes the, the cool, I think the interesting challenge sometimes as a dance therapist is, you know, 
how do you get people to kind of like play with that a little bit or connect with their body a little bit or like shift their ideas of what therapy can be or like, oh, wow, like I didn't know that I maybe that pain in my shoulders just because I'm like this all the time. Like, what could I do to do this? Right. Or like, oh, gosh, you know, when I think about that, I feel that in my stomach. Oh, it's your body and your memory is connected to your stomach. Like, oh, right. Or getting someone to do like a breathing exercise or like do a yoga pose. Sometimes it's can be getting those people that are used to or expecting that traditional form of therapy. Sometimes that can be really exciting. So like, Oh, that really helped. I never thought about that. Like, Whoa, hmm, that just kind of seeing them have that. Oh, well, this is really interesting. And like, or even clients, you're like, mm, this is going to be challenging. They're not going to want to do this. And they're like, all right, so when are we going to turn on the music and dance? And you're like, yes. <laughs> that's the beautiful part. That's when the magic happens. It's like, oh man, it's connecting with them. But I think sometimes you have to leave that at the door. Right. And so that's why I always feel like it's hard, not only in a podcast, but um, a lot of times I tell people, sometimes you got to try it to really know, you know, we have theories and thoughts and we talk about it. And so it's trying to describe something that's very much in the moment experience sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious, what are things that even people who are terrible dance skills or have, have, you know, maybe are, are not great on technique. What are kinds of ways that we could incorporate aspects of dance movement into our therapy without being a dance movement therapist? Yes, absolutely. Well, and Eric, I always like to make my, my plug. Everybody can dance. If you can breathe, you can dance because we talk so much about as dancers and movement therapists that, we have rhythm in our heartbeat. We have rhythm in our breath. We have rhythm in our blood flowing through our bodies. And so that's why I tell people, that's my, my little plug is that if you can breathe, you can dance. And obviously you're breathing because you're alive. So if you can breathe, you can dance. Um, and that dance is much more about the expressive process. But I think it's important, right? And I think, that, again, it goes back to the idea of some people call themselves dance therapists, dance movement therapists. And that word dance is kind of scary, right? And so it's like, well, do I call myself a movement therapist, movement psychotherapist? Be like, I can't dance. I'm not going to dance. And so I really try to, um, and I think this would help for anybody to use dance or movement. Oh, I'm air quoting. Nobody can see me. <laughs> um, dance in their therapy sessions is to step away from that and look at it more of body and movement mm -hmm. and connecting with your body and connecting with others in the moment. Because um, I think if we, can kind of separate ourselves from that. It really helps because the idea that term dance is pretty scary, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we say, hey, we can breathe, you can dance. This isn't to, sh to make a routine to, you know, this isn't a dance class. We're not learning a combination to present. But I say that even when I'm doing art with clients, right? I am not an artist, but I tell people we're not making something to hang on the wall. We don't have mirrors. We're not doing a performance. So I think for anybody, that's a really good thing to think about. So we can mm -hmm. kind of... <laughs> leave that stigma at the door because I think that is really intimidating, right? So many yeah. people say, like, Eric, I can't dance. I got no rhythm. Um, and that's okay um, because we, again, we start with where people are at and what dance therapy is can be lots of different things. Um, so I think for, for non-dance movement therapists, um, I think there are lots of things, A, that you might be already doing that I want to say like are dance therapy, the things that we do as dance therapists. Um, so anytime that you help somebody, as you said, CJ, right, felt experience, mm -hmm. connect with your body and your breath and be present in the moment 
can be really beneficial because mm. we get very logical, very analytical. We get very much in our head and trying to figure things out and problem solve and helping people connect with their body and what's going on in their body so, um, can be a huge shift. Right. 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 And that's obviously what we talk about all the time in dance therapy is that body work and shifting to noticing what's going on in our body. And so I think any time that you can get a client to stop maybe in the verbalization about say, okay, wait, let's pause for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing from your body movement. I'm noticing from your tone. Mm-hmm. seems like you may be feeling a little agitated, feeling angry. Can we just take a minute and just pause? <sighs> can we listen to our breath? Can we feel what our body, you know, doing mindfulness or body scan? Can we connect with what our, what our body is touching right now? Our right. chair, our yoga right. ball, our couch. Um, and even just that can be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think any kind of education that we can do as therapists to people about um, how our body and brains are connected and how what we think in our brain, our thoughts and emotions affect our body. And so sort of that somatic experience, right? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling nervous. How do I know that I'm nervous, right? Oh. Connecting with my body and body sensation. So how you describe, well, if I'm nervous, my heart's beating, my stomach's hurting, helping people recognize that there's that body-mind connection, right? And what I think affects how I feel physically. And as well as, you know, we work a lot with people who have, you know, body-based trauma or body-based issues, you know, uh-huh. negative body image, lack of a body and mind connection. So I think just helping anybody recognize that what we experience emotionally logically affects our body and that we hold memories in our body and how that's really an important thing to know. Um, I think another thing that anybody can kind of do that's related to, I guess not just dance therapy, Mm -hmm. but the idea of having fun, connecting with your body, being silly and joyful in the moment. I think especially as us adults, right? We're very serious and we're in our head and we have this plan, like, you know, I have adults where like, we're going to blow up a balloon and we're going to hit this balloon back and forth and we don't want it to touch the ground. And they look at me like I have three heads. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, this is a therapy session. What? And it's amazing to see if they stand up or not. They can be sitting down, doesn't matter. Sitting on the floor. And we do that. And all of a sudden, they're laughing. They're yeah, smiling. Right. They're saying, oh, I remember this red balloon when I was a kid. And like, all this stuff comes out. And it's that idea of being like, playing right playing and having fun or helping people feel good connecting to their body well Tara I'm really curious one of the things that we like to ask people who have specific specialties is are there certain times or cases that you think really benefit from a referral out directly to a dance movement therapist do you think there's any like of particular populations where that would be a really great referral for somebody to, to utilize? Yeah. Um, so as I said, I think that there is a lot, a lot to be said for, um, a big team, team approach kind of person. And that harkens back to my nonprofit days, wink, wink, DJ, um, (laughs) where, you know, lots of people working together and lots of different modalities. And I, I know as private practice, I work with a lot of really amazing people and we can, you know, refer between us or we can ask, we have some clients that are seeing multiple people, but sometimes it doesn't happen as much as I'd like. So that's kind of my first plug is I'm always a supporter of, I mean, people can have maybe too much therapy or feel over therapized, but I think 
a team to help people work through things because so much of what people are working on, there's lots of layers, right? And I don't think it's like, well, one versus the other, as I said, sort of that collaborative, eclectic, and those I think sometimes is the the most rewarding or I think the most beneficial work or when people are willing to say like, I can work on this in lots of different angles. And so that could be true for anybody. Um, and you know, again, if people are willing to do that or they've, again, so a lot of times they'll say people that have done more traditional verbal therapy and feel like it hasn't been as helpful um, or if some of the stuff that they feel like they're trying to work through is really too overwhelming, too painful to, to sit and to talk about. Um, then sometimes a creative arts therapy can be a really good way to kind of, we talk about it sort of a select or less direct way to address and to process these things so that sometimes it's easier to move or to draw about something than to sit and talk about it. Or if it happened when somebody, before somebody had words um, to describe something, we can go back and kind of process those things more on a body level. Um, we also, like I said, body-based traumas, right? And again, this came to supplemental the verbal therapy, but I think any kind of body-based trauma, body image issues, you know, negative body image, eating disorders, lack of body awareness or body-mind connection challenges can be really good for a referral, um, work a lot with impulsivity, um, body control challenges, um, focus attention and regulation issues. Again, like sensory regulation, body regulation, being aware of your body, being able to control and regulate your body, know how your body feels with different emotions, um, emotional expression. If that's really a challenging, it's again, giving people another way to express themselves. I don't have the words. I don't know how to talk about this. Well, can you show me in a movement how you feel? Can we act it out? Um, can be really helpful. Um, again, I think I talk a lot about too, where working with people with social relationship communication, empathy issues, that can be really helpful too. Again, like we talked about with facial expressions, body posture, tone of voice, approaching somebody, holding your body, recognizing, picking up on social cues from other people. I mean, a lot of that is nonverbal. So understanding that obviously working with <laughs> things that are nonverbal and you know, those kind of techniques can be really helpful. Um, I think also I've, I've done a lot of work and there's a lot of research out there working with Individuals on the autism spectrum or people that have cognitive or developmental issues where, again, sitting and talking through something can be more challenging um, or if they have you know, regulation issues or if, again, they express things more easily non-verbally versus sitting down and talking with somebody, they can be particularly helpful um, as well. Again, because not only is it teaching techniques that can be body-based, but also sometimes connecting with somebody as struggling more to connect with somebody verbally, um, we can have, um, as dance therapists, other ways to connect with somebody through a movement, um, through movement activities, through music, through rhythm, through mirroring, lots of different ways that we can connect and meet that person where they're at um, that would be um, maybe not as easy to do or as um, doable with more, more you know, cognitive verbal therapies. I'd be really fascinated to talk to you more about it, Tara, because two of the people that are like at the basis of um of systems theory is Bateson around anthropology and one of the people i've been learning a lot about is ericsson who really did a lot of hypnosis and they joined originally by studying uh hypnotic dance in bali and the therapeutic impacts of that mm -hmm. so just those two things together 
but I'm sure there's things linked in. I'm just thinking about them and dance, and and I'm sure there's elements that probably come up even naturally in your experience that we could talk about for hours if we. Well, that's why I think we have we have so many things to talk about because then right. my brain goes to this place also of like thinking about sex therapy and dance uh, movement therapy and how that might be yes. such a wonderful combination mm-hmm. because of the physicality of it. It might be like its own thing, but that sounds like this beautiful marriage of two kind of concepts that might make it, I mean, it'd be kind of intense, I would imagine to some degree, but like that might be this huge eye opening world of tapping into that and yeah, so my mind is just, Dara, I want to talk for hours, but we probably should, like, we could plug that we might bring her back, but then we yeah. can, I'm yeah. not going anywhere, got lots of, absolutely, and there are, you know, there's dance therapists that do work with families, definitely, you know, plug, there are definitely um, dance therapists that work with couples, right, and couples and the communication, and yeah, the dance and all of that, and yeah, you can go on and on about it, but absolutely, right, that nonverbal body-based connection and again it goes back to that flexibility is there's definitely dance therapists that work with people you know and how do you shift it and adjust it right people's willingness but like what you're doing you know doesn't have to be a traditional dance therapy session but it can be shift that focus or what you're looking at Mm -hmm. you know can be can be very powerful as another way of doing things or addressing things absolutely yeah so tara i'm curious you shared that your program that you learned from was a master's program that was coupled with information to take that LPC exam, um, the NCE. And I'm curious, is there ways to get certification for dance movement therapy that doesn't require getting a degree in it? Is it something that you can do as a continuing ed? You know, the thing that comes to my mind is like an EMDR sort of deal where you can do an EMDR training and uh, kind of have that. Is there a way to do that with dance movement therapy? So, um, it's interesting that you say it. So actually, um, obviously we have to be a student, but I think you know, there's actually, um, an undergrad DMT certificate in dance with therapy through UW Madison and Rena Kornblum heads that program and it is in the dance department. So students take it, they may be studying, it's in the dance department and some of the students that I've, you know, connected with have been in like, you know, different kinds of physical health or, you know, um, kinesiology or PT or OT or whatever, but also take that. So there's a set number of courses that they take through the dance department. They don't have to be, some of them are dance majors and they also take that. So it is kind of an introduction to that. So if you check out the website, um, is one way, I don't know specifically how many courses there is, but it is a certificate that somebody could do. And, you know, also there is you know, segues into resources. So there is the um, American Dance Therapy Association, and they have a really great website, um, ADTA.org, super easy to remember. And they have also have a YouTube channel that has introduction to dance movement therapy, talks about dance movement therapy with different populations. And the website also talks about lots of different um, like the alternative routes. And I think, I don't know a lot about the alternative routes, but I imagine that some of them might allow you to take some courses in dance therapy as well as other courses. So a program that had an alternative route, um, maybe would allow for that versus you being in the master's program for the two years, just because again, the alternative route and, um, again, I'll be the first to say, don't know, but the ADTA website has, um, has a listing of the, um, 
the current like two to three year programs as well as alternate programs. So I imagine those have one with like, you know, one weekend a month or certain courses that you could take. Um, I also don't know, like in Madison, they have, like I said, the undergraduate program. Um, And I don't know if somebody has ever done it, if they lived close to one of the accredited programs, if there would ever be that option to like take the intro to DMT course, like, or would you have to be enrolled in the whole program? I don't know. I think now with, again, virtual learning and all of that, I mean, my hope is that it's going to expand so that people can have more introductory classes, but there's definitely courses that you can take, like I said, through the ADTA or they have, you know, ADTA talks, you can get kind of introductory information about that. Um, and that um, there's also, of course, webinars that you can take that would give information. You know, I don't think you necessarily have like a quote, quote unquote, like certification, um, but who knows, again, given the alternative routes, given the way that we're going, that certainly there could be webinars or courses that you could take that will give you some of that general introduction information for that. Um, But like I said, I always tell people to start with the ADTA because it's a really great resource and they have, you know, admin you can connect with and they can connect you with people saying, Hey, I'm interested in this. This is the area that I'm at because they're, again, they're uh, the American association. If, if they wanted to reach out to you, Tara, um, and either refer a client or just get some more information, what's the best way for them to contact you? So the best way is to either just send me an email, which is my first name, Tara, T-A-R-A, at insightmadison.com. Or you can just give um, Insight Counseling and Wellness, the office, a call, even though I'm not working in person. We get, you know, we're connected to people at home. And that number is 608-244-4859. And you can just leave a message and let them know that you're interested in talking with me and they'll either transfer you. And if I can, I'll pick it up. If not, you can leave a message and then I'll be able to get back to you. So um, also on the Insight Counseling, um, insightmadison.com website, we also have, I have obviously my bio up there, but I also have a link to my website, um, which this is a good excuse to get on and update it, but it just talks a little bit about dance therapy. It's also just directly information um, for me. So you could always leave a message there as well. Thank you so much, Tara. We appreciate the time and letting people know a little bit about this area that I think they may have heard of, but don't really know how it works. Well, I'm always happy to talk. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.